0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Balancing Business and Babies. Today, we've got a little bit of a different SIL interview. I'm actually chatting with Devon Moore. Devon is actually a fellow podcaster as well. A founder of a business called Race to Speak Up, which they started only at 14 years old, which is just Amazing. So I'm going to let Devin give you a little bit of an idea as to what Race to Speak Up is about. Devin, lovely to meet you and thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) And yes, happy to speak to you all today. So here's a little more background on me. My name is Devin Moore. I'm the founder of an anti-bullying organization called Race to Speak Up. Now, I founded Race to Speak Up when I was 14 years old after going through my own personal experiences with bullying. It was a very hard time within itself. And even beyond that, I saw bullying not only happening in that environment, but also happening, unfortunately, throughout the world. And I knew I wanted to do something that helps students effectively create different solutions to this bullying epidemic, to be upstanders for each other, to support each other, to lessen the amount of bullying that happens in the schools and really, again, throughout the world. And so I founded Race to Speak Up in order to really educate students about that. The way that I do this is through my Race to Speak Up Against Bullying workshop, where we're going into schools, organizations, companies, different communities to really enforce this anti-bullying education and start from a young age as well. So Race to Speak Up, I've done this for about five to six years now. I'm currently 19, but I know it just turned 2024. 20, And then also just beyond that, I am author, the author of Devin Speaks Up, which is the children's anti-bullying book. It shares my personal bullying story so that others can learn about what bullying can look like, learn about this bullying epidemic or this bullying situation at a young age. And then also it gives them the vocabulary to effectively tell others what they're going through. It also teaches you about how to be an upstander, which is someone who supports the target of bullying. It teaches you about diversity even with the cover of the book, has people from all different walks of life. It's showing you how we can work towards creating safer and more positive worlds.
0: Brilliant. I think it's such an important message that you are trying to raise awareness of. And I'm a mom and as a parent, it's not something that I have to deal with at the moment. My little boy is fortunately, he's four in April, but when he starts school, a lot of bullying starts from school. So As a parent, I think a lot of parents do worry about it. And I think there's two sides of it. There's obviously the side that you don't want your child to be bullied, but obviously you don't want your child to be the one that's doing the bullying either. And it's a very difficult path to navigate down. When I was at school, I'm 35 and we didn't really have internet and mobile phones and things like that. So I know that a lot of bullying now is done via cyberbullying, and it's something that I don't really understand. So with your own sort of bullying journey, was that like an in-person bullying situation or was it a cyberbullying thing?
1: Yeah, so when it came to my bullying story, it was cyberbullying, but it was also in-person bullying. It was verbal. And like I said before, at least I think I mentioned it, it was racism. They were putting my face around to very inappropriate and racist images. And then on top of that, I already said they was pushing me so physical. There was a lot of different parts to it. Now, in my book, Devin Speaks Up, I mainly talk about how they were degrading me and like calling me, oh, your skin color is ugly, when in reality, no, my skin color is beautiful. And then I showed they were pushing me to the ground. They were doing all these horrible things. But I also am showing about how I'm working towards being that positive light, not only for myself, but also for others. So the bullying was really not a good moment. Adam. Yeah. And not only affect me, but it also affected my parents. And on top of that, when I first went through it, I felt alone. That's something that a lot of kids, even just a lot of people in general, may feel when they're going through this bullying, this unwanted, aggressive behavior. Repeatedly, it makes you feel alone. So it was a lot of different components to it, I would say. But that's why with Race to Speak Up, we really try to break down what it is how we can find its sign. What can parents do? What can other students do? What can you yourself do? What can teachers do? There's a lot of different parts to it, but we're making sure that we really go in and enforce this education to lessen the likelihood of it even happening or continuing to happen.
0: Yeah. And I think what you mentioned as well about being a, an upstander as well, I think this, there's a bit of, a, not a stigma as such, As that's not the right word I'm looking for, but there's people don't want to get involved these days with other people's problems or issues and they stay away. If they see something happening, they tend to go, oh, it's not affecting me. It's not directly bothering me and I don't want to put myself in that firing line. So I'm going to stay away from that situation rather than standing up and saying, actually, what you're doing to that person is wrong. You shouldn't do that. And stepping in and helping out occasionally or just being a support for that person and they may not necessarily have to stand in the way of the active bullying as such but just being a support for that person and saying I'm here for you come and talk to me and don't let it affect them mentally as much as it probably would do because they feel alone like you said you did and I think it's such an important subject and there's so many layers to unpack with bullying it is one of those topics that you can discuss for hours but What I wanted to ask, because you were 14 when you started Race to Speak Up, which is mind-blowing, actually, that you were that young to start an organization that's so powerful. Was there a turning point with regards to your bullying where you thought, okay, I can either let the bullies win and go down road A, or I can go down road B and I can start this organization and I can do this instead? See that the.
1: Specifically, the turning point where it came to like when I actually first started my organization was after going to bullying, but it was also after when I literally was like seeing on social media and repeatedly seeing on social media as well as on the news students who were ending their own life because of bullying, as well as going back to school with a weapon to get back at their tormentors. When you're a 14 year old and you're just randomly scrolling on social media, because yes, my parents were also monitoring the things that I see, but when you're randomly scrolling on social media, after you yourself are going through bullying. And you're seeing a really large collage of a lot of kids who unalived themselves or committed suicide because of bullying. It made me think that I wanted to do something to help others. I'm already speaking up. Actually, at that point, before I started my organization, led to other people reaching out to my parents saying, yes, my child went through this too. But you're not alone. Or yes, my child went through this at the school too. It was a lot. Of that, actually, that happened, too, where they was reaching out to me. So hearing other people's stories and then seeing it for myself when I'm going on the news and things like that, it put this message in my head that I really wanted to do something. Now, I would say I'm an extrovert. I've always been an extrovert. But even with the bullying, it did make me feel uncomfortable. It's just the only thing I knew was that if I shared my story with others, it'll help them speak up. And I thought, okay, you know what? Why not just turn this into some sort of platform? So I just sat there, I did my research with my mom, my family, and then we came across what an organization was, and then we just went from there. We created the name Race to Speak Up, and behind that name, it would, actually there's two meanings. One is that we have to hurry up and speak up when we're going through bullying, so Race to Speak Up. And then also, we're all a part of one race, which is the human race. So it's a play on the word race, but it's also enforcing that we do need to hurry up and speak up. So that was,
0: I would say that,
1: yeah, those are, that was the turning point. Yeah. <laughs> that was the
0: turning point. I love that. I love the name, the play or the word. That It's a great name. When you're doing your talks and things like that, what are some of the unique or more effective methods that you use in the educational programs to prevent bullying and encourage children to be upstanders for bullying? What are some of the kind of the methods that you use to help?
1: Yeah, so people really are able to understand more when it's a hands on type of thing when they're learning. So, with my race to speak up against bullying workshops, one thing that we really do is make sure that it's interactive. So, we have bullying reenactments. So, that's where we include four different characters in the bullying situation. So, first I'm defining what they are, and then I go into having students come up. And one of them is the bystander, which I could talk more about after this, too, but the bystander the bully themselves, the assistant, the one that is helping the bully hurt the target, and the last one's the target. So bully reenactments. Also, when students are coming up and they're speaking or I prompt them, give them questions, and also I'm telling them, here's what the bully would do. What do you think would happen next? Here's what the target does. They're standing here. They're afraid. Here's what the assistant does. They're laughing. They're encouraging it. And the bystander is standing up to the side and recording the situation but they're not helping. By The only thing they're going to do is they're going to put it on social media. So it gives students a very visual experience, but it also allows the rest of the students in the class to respond to what's going on. And even when it comes to reenactments or really role-playing with adults too, because I do give workshops to adults too. So it's a little different though. I write down and put on the board different scenarios that they respond to, except I'm telling them, okay, so You two, as adults, as educators, as whoever they are, you'll be the friend of the target. You two will be the other classmates that are just watching this. You two are going to be the teacher. So we do it like that. Those are the things that really give a hands-on type of experience that allows you to put yourself in the other person's shoes. I'm giving you firsthand knowledge of how you can do that and see how uncomfortable it makes you. There's been a couple of times where... The read nothing's happening and then like students are, whatever the students are responding, the four people who came up are responding to it. The other students in the class are laughing because they're uncomfortable. So I will say, you see how you guys are laughing right now? Notice how humans tend to react with laughing when they're uncomfortable by something. This is showing that this is a very uncomfortable situation. You wouldn't want to be going through that to make yourself feel any sort of negative sense. You wouldn't want to go through bullying, right? So let's help each other. Let's help ourselves. So it really makes you think, it really gives you a psychological experience, but also just a visual experience of what's going on.
0: Yeah. And when you've done your sort of your classes and your workshops, have you ever worked with anyone that has openly admitted to being a bully as opposed to Maybe people that are just either wanting to learn how to deal with it in case it comes up or may have been going through bullying themselves. Have you ever actually worked with people that have said, actually, I was the bully, I am the bully? Yeah,
1: I definitely have. I remember there's a couple of times where actually it wasn't even just like afterwards, like they straight up during the workshop were telling me that they was the bully, which is very rare. When they do say that, make sure to stop and then we have an open conversation about it. I will literally ask them as long as it's comfortable, or at least it seems comfortable. I'll say, so what makes you say this? Or why did you do this? Or how have you changed? How have you changed? How has the person you were targeting, how do you think they felt? And it actually helps them see the error of their ways. So that's a lot of what I do within that moment. But I know you're talking about afterwards as well. There's been a couple of times where I remember a couple of instances specifically with adults where they said, Devin, I think I was the bully or Devin, I was the bully. When I was in high school or when I was in this other environment when I was younger and I, I feel so bad, I didn't even have the chance to tell them I'm sorry because just now am I really realizing the error of their way. So I give those adults as well as other students the resources within that moment to grow from there. So if they're still in contact with the person or more like if they're still in the same school environment with the person, you can apologize to them. I would understand why they would feel uncomfortable with you going up to them because they don't know what you're about to do. But you need to apologize, say, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to do anything. I realize how painful it is to go through what I'm putting you through. And I would never want to go through that pain. I would never want another person to go through that pain. So then they apologize. I've literally seen where, so there's this one experience where I've seen after my like bullying workshop, usually the teachers give me a lot of background beforehand because I need to know where I'm going. But sometimes the counselor or counselors will come up to me and say, okay, so there's these two students, they look like such and such and such, so you see them in the crowd. And one is bullying the other, and the target is the target in that situation. And then afterwards, after the workshop, it was this one time where the student actually apologized to uh, the target. And they was like, I didn't realize what I was making you go through. And I could tell because even after I'm explaining the effects, even after I'm giving them that first like hand experience, that it opens their eyes. I had a lot of (laughs) stories.
0: I can imagine. Yeah. Do you find that there's a certain like theme or a background that the people that tend to be either the bullies or the victims themselves do you find that they tend to have either background stories or upbringings? For example, I know that the media tend to say that person bullied someone because they had a terrible home life themselves. That was all they were taught. I'm not saying it's an excuse on bullying, but that's the sort of general theme with bullies. They're never like upstanding citizens that do it. They've always had a terrible home life and I'm wondering whether that's something that you've noticed that they
1: tend to have the same background for both sides. I don't know if I would necessarily say for both sides, but I do want to break it up a little bit between the target and the bully. So when it comes to the bully, going back to the point of what you were saying with the home environment, oftentimes this mentality does come from the home environment because that's where you're learning your adults, your older siblings, your parents, your guardians are there because kids are almost like sponges, So they're taking in a lot of things. So if they see their parent, someone that they look up to or someone that's older than them and in their immediate environment, so if you're seeing how they act, it's okay, that's normal. So if they see that parent is purposely hating on people of a different skin color, people of a different sexuality, people of a different religion. If they see that, they'll be like, you know what? It's fine, but also they'll think that it's you're supposed to hate on people who are like that. So when they see students in their classroom, they'll go back and then they'll just start to target them. And then there's also another component of it where it's like, what if the bully is just insecure? What if it's jealousy? Oh, that kid over there, he seems really embracing of himself. He's super happy and is always happy and always brings up other people's days. I hate that because I'm not happy. And then the bully will go and then they'll start to hit on that person. Now, looking at it from the target's perspective, what I would say with that is just because Usually when it comes to the target, they're being hated on for something that's just a part of them. But I guess going towards the point of speaking up, I know not everyone is super comfortable with speaking up. I know not everyone is, I guess, as extroverted as Devin is. There are people who are shy. There are people who are introverted. There are people who know in their school environment that with their principals, their teachers, their school staff, if they speak up to them, their target will be made to be in the negative. It'll almost be as if they are the bully, when in reality, the bully is over there getting away with whatever they're getting away with. So I just wanted to highlight that when it comes to the target, if they are made to feel sad, they're made to feel that pain. It leads to a lot of horrible, negative mental health and also physical health. It could even lead to depression, that extreme feeling of sadness, or it could lead to anxiety, or also on the physical side, it could lead to migraines, It could lead to stomach aches, lack of sleep, but also both the mental and the physical can be intertwined because mental health, that emotion can lead to your physical health. There's a lot of things with that. That's why I'm saying when it comes to signs, we need to see, okay, is my child acting differently? What if they're not acting differently? Let me make sure I'm on top of monitoring what they're doing online. Let me make sure I monitor what they're seeing. Let me make sure I monitor these things because there are people who are good at hiding. The school staff need to make sure that they're checking the school Wi-Fi so that they can see what these students are looking up and doing online. These are the types of conversations we need to have. These are the types of things that we need to see.
0: Perfect. That's, yeah.
1: I was, that kind of
0: actually was going to lead into one of my next questions was obviously from a sort of a parent's perspective. Are there any kind of actionable steps that as a parent that we can take to firstly, maybe prevent it? Obviously, I know you can't 100% prevent everything that goes on in your children's lives. But is there anything that as a parent, we can go, okay, I'm not going to do this, or I can do this with my child for to help maybe not get to that stage where they are being bullied, firstly. (laughs) And then secondly, if like you say, you do notice maybe there are some parents out there that have noticed a change in their child's behavior and are concerned that they may be being bullied and their child's not speaking up about it, is there anything that the parent can
1: do to help? So there's honestly a couple of different things. If, for example, if your child is a target of bullying, like you just straight up know, you straight up see what's going on. You could go to the school and try to have it where you can go and speak to the student or maybe create effective strategies for bullying prevention and just to straight up stop this bullying from happening maybe create an anti-bullying club. If you have that much power as a parent going back to school to do that, try to do that. Or if you're just sticking to just you and your child, make sure that the child always feels that home environment, whatever space that you are in there with them, or you as a guardian, you as an older sibling, make sure that they always feel safe. because if they do feel safe in that environment, if they're going through bully in another environment, they'll be more likely to speak up to you because you're someone that they know. You're someone that they trust. You're someone that they can go to. So that's the first thing I think I would say. And then also parents need to make sure that they're really giving their child the tools and resources, not only to learn about what bullying is, but also learn about how to gain more confidence, uplift their self-esteem, make sure that they feel comfortable, make sure that they understand that if they are going through bullying or also Help them identify what it could look like. Cause not everyone knows what it could look like at a young age. Cause you just you were just born a couple of years ago. Like you don't know, you don't know all of what it can look like yet. You might not even have the vocabulary yet. That's why I think children's books like Demon Speaks Up can come in great because it's giving you that vocabulary, it's showing you what it can look like. It's a very colorful book. So because of that, they'll be like, oh, I'm drawn to it on the front cover. They see kids from all different walks of life. So They're able to relate to that as well. So that's a couple of the things that parents can do. Always make sure that the child feels comfortable with you because if they feel comfortable, they're more likely to speak up to you. But also if they're shy and they're not really wanting to speak, but you could see something's wrong, don't pressure them. Because if you pressure them to speaking, they're not going to want to speak to you because they're already going through stuff that's overwhelming, that's leading them into their response, a trauma response could be into not telling anyone anything and being quiet. So if you're pressuring them, it's almost just reinforcing that trauma response or not reinforcing it, but almost adding on. Not that I'm saying parents are always doing that. I'm just saying that kind of is how it comes across. I'm not a psychologist yet. (laughs) This is what I've learned and this is what I've worked with through my five to six this year, working with Race to Speak Up and working not only with parents, but also teachers and students themselves. That is a couple of things that you can... You as a parent.
0: Brilliant. And you say that you work with children and teachers and parents, so you work with pretty much everyone. What would you say some of the like biggest challenges have been that you found in educating people on bullying prevention? Are there any
1: sort of big challenges that you've had? Challenges that I've had, things that have happened are schools may not be open to Acknowledging the fact that there is bullying happening in their communities or parents as well. Parents may see that their child is being a bully and they're just done with them. They don't know what to do, but also they just don't want to deal with it. So they just leave it to the school or whatever the case is. Or people just straight up not wanting to really work with that because bullying has a lot of stigma behind it. People think that bullying is the same thing as teasing. So it's, oh, you're bullying me when no, they're just teasing you, yeah. but it's okay. What differentiates between that? The differentiating factor could be how it actually makes me feel. Are they doing it with the intention to hurt you? I went to this school one time and the school staff was fine with everything. And it was like, yeah, it's high bullying. And then I go and I meet with the principal. As soon as I say the word bullying or anything that related to that, they shut down, they get angry, they get defensive. But why are you getting defensive? Maybe because you had that problem. So that's a lot of things that have definitely happened. Or even there's just people not wanting to face it in general because it's too terrifying. Or maybe people even know that they're a part of the problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see that. I can see that probably the schools sometimes would be a problem because like you say, they don't wanna be seen. They may have a problem, that they may have an active problem in the
1: school. So, obviously, they don't want to address it because it looks bad on the school. It reflects badly on. One more thing I do want to add on is that I just, something that I've noticed within my experience, and I'm fortunate enough were schools to even have reached out to me or be so open to things. But normally, when it comes to schools that have reached out to me that want me and that bring me in, they're the ones that maybe bullying tends to be more of a smaller issue compared to other schools, or they just. Are making sure to help lessen the possibility of it happening before it gets to be a real issue compared to the amount of schools that have that to me where bullying happens. Like it is like an extreme problem. There have been a couple of times, but actually there's been multiple the times where it has been a really large issue, but usually it's more of the school counselor or maybe someone that works within the school district is reaching out to me with that. So I'm always happy when they reach out because they want to stop this issue. It's just, we always need to make sure that in any case that we're getting this education to prevent the likelihood of it happening, prevent the likelihood of it continuing to happen, understand the best ways to support not only the target, but also the bully, because they need help too. Bullying is a cry out for help. Yeah, that, that's that period. Yeah. Bullying is a cry out for help. So what are they going through? Yeah. The target going They're not getting something from
0: somewhere that they, yeah, they're. Projecting their issues on someone else. It's not right that they're doing it clearly. And obviously, I'm not standing up for them at all. And I'm not advocating for a bully at all because it's something I disagree with. But yeah, they've got their own issues going on. And it is, like you say, something that needs to be addressed to be able to help them. And I think, like what you mentioned, of realizing the difference between teasing and bullying and just generally what bullying and getting that message over to people because there are. You know, I'm quite a sarcastic person, so I but I and I tend to say things to people, but it's never with any malice, it's never with any sort of intent behind it. And obviously it's not a persistent thing either. And I think bullying is obviously a persistent thing, is a continuation of something that someone has told you, I don't like that, I don't like being called that. And, but it doesn't always have to be physical, it can be words, it can be mental, it can be there's so many different elements to bullying. But I wanted to ask, because I know you touched upon it earlier with the way that you do the role plays and the active kind of thing. Are there any other ways that you tailor your workshops to different age groups? Like how do you work with different age groups?
1: Yeah, so normally when it's like way younger child or like way younger age group, there's been times where I've literally have people have been wanting me to speak to like their like one year old, which because that was interesting. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, is cool. But it was like, Younger age groups, that's where Devin Speaks Up comes in because that's geared more towards ages two to seven. Now, you might be saying like, okay, two, but it's like you have to read. Okay, you can read it to your child. You can show your child these colorful images and go from there. Or I can just directly read it to the library or the bookstore or wherever I'm going in your school, your student. So Devin Speaks Up is for way younger. That's just like the easiest way to do it. As far as middle school and high school type, that's where a lot of like the reach to Speak Up Against bullying workshops where I'm going through different slides, but also giving, making sure there's question and answer, making sure there's the role play. We also have positive affirmation. If the teachers don't want me to do reenactment with them, that's fine because I have other activities where we're reading something off the screen and then we're telling them to respond to it. How can we be an upstander for them? What could a teacher do? What could a parent do? What could a student do that isn't their friend? What could a friend do? Making sure that, again, going back to putting them in the other person's shoes. So yeah, those are a couple of other things to help gear it towards certain ages. But then also when I'm speaking to like older or an adult, usually with adult, it also depends on what I'm being called in to do. Because if they do want something that deals with like really hands-on, then I'll have the making sure that they are coming up with different solutions or different ways of prevention. We also have calls to action at all of the workshops that I give, like call to action where maybe if it's all teachers I'm speaking to, they create a lesson plan that includes the mission, includes questions that you would go over. It includes different conversation starters. It includes different activities. I'm helping them create their own lesson plan so that they can go back into their school environment or their whatever environment, and then they can introduce it and help students that way. Well, calls to actions are always important part of really all of my anti-bullying work too. But yeah, that's how I gear it towards really any age as well from middle school going up and then for anything younger, it's really just where Devin Speaks Up comes in. And then those activities deal with like positive affirmation. So student comes up, they're saying their positive affirmation. Sometimes I kind of help them because it may be very off topic or they might just not know what to say. I give them a quick, easy, positive affirmation because you can simply say, I'm kind. Have everyone repeat it, but it still goes a far way. Perfect.
0: And do you find that you've got like any of the strategies that you've mentioned? Do you find that any are more effective than others? Is the role play like the more effective one or the affirmations? Is there one that
1: seems to work more or hits home a little bit more with people than of this? I would say it depends. Usually I notice that the bullying reenactment or the role play, that's what has been the most effective. Because then people are very quick, even when it's not Q&A time, they're very quick to ask questions in the moment. And I love that. I want to answer the question, but I also want to make sure that I understand their mind. There's literally, there was one time where I was doing a bullying reenactment and people were volunteering to raise their hands. Four students came up and I... Looked over at one of them. I said, okay, so you're going to be the bully in our situation. At the end of the role play, he actually openly admitted that he was bullying someone. That even opened up a whole new side. I think that was a turning point within the workshop that almost turned it into a group therapy type of session. I was just facilitating because people kept coming up with different ways to help someone who's going through bullying. On top of that, they kept talking about what they've gone through. It gave them a space to open up and also hear that they're not the only one that their child's not the only one. Bullying reenactments have gone a very far way in my experience. It's helped a lot, open the doors a lot. Even with younger students, they said, so Devin, why, dad, when I was going through bullying, my parents just took me out of the school. I make sure I'm what I'm verbally saying towards their age, but think about that. It wasn't even just that one kid, it was multiple kids, just all throughout the thousands of students that I spoke to multiple events that their parents have taken them out of the school. That's not what it should come to. Yeah. What it should come to is the teachers of doing something effective that actually will help the target as well as the book. And then also, at the bare minimum, separation should be a part of the conversation. Because if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know how to help, you should at least know to separate. As a teacher, as a principal, you're supposed to be getting training on how to actually work with children. So separation should be a part of that. So. These are a lot of the different conversations that we have, the different things that we're really assessing and diving deep into. Yeah,
0: that was actually going to be one of my next questions as to like, what role do you see parents and teachers playing in preventing bullying? So that has touched upon that. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's amazing what you're doing. And what are your sort of hopes for the future of bullying in an ideal world? Obviously, we would all Say that it would be eradicated and disappear and go away. But obviously, I think that's a little bit pie in the sky, maybe that it's never going to go away. But what would you say
1: your hopes are for bullying prevention? For bullying prevention, my hopes are that more schools have activists, entrepreneurs, leaders, people like me, but are also closer to their audiences, each come in and speak to them and give correct and effective resources and in-depth activities, in-depth ways of learning, come into schools and then the students can learn from there. And then also on the other side, teachers should have a space where not only are they getting anti-bullying training, but they're continuously getting anti-bullying training. Regardless of how many years you've been working as a teacher, every year, maybe even every semester, but every year or every quarter, you should be getting proper anti-bullying training, but with current anti-bullying tactics and also with current things that are going on. As you said earlier, cyberbullying has been a conversation that has yeah. that should be on a lot more people's radar because it's such a big issue with social media. We need to see how can we support this? How can we teach our kids what it can look like? How can we teach our adults what this can look like? What all these different types of bullying can look like. Education is really what I'm really wanting to see. 2024 goals but this should be 2024 and going on in the future is getting proper education and actually using that education and going from there. That's why I'm here. like, it's as simple as going to my website. It's just, you tap in up.com. And then you'll see the workshops that I offer. You'll see the Devin Speaks Up book readings that I offer because I love doing Devin Speaks Up book reading. We also have youth entrepreneurship presentations too, but we mainly focus on the race to speak up against bullying and the Devin Speaks Up because that's heavily focused in anti-bullying education. You just simply reach out to me and we'll focus on the logistics of bringing me to your community and bringing our workshops to your community. That's what I'd like to see, not only for myself, but for everyone. It's education, having an open conversation about it, actually wanting to put an end to it, or at least at the bare minimum prevent. That's what I would like to see. Amazing.
0: Such a powerful message. It's brilliant what you're doing. And what message do you have for any parents or educators or maybe children that want to make a difference and stand up and be in the fight against bullying? Do you have any sort of messages for them to be able to take with them as a
1: sort of a positive kind of thing? I would say it's never too early and it's never too late to support others, to be a kind light, to be a bright light for not only yourself, but for others. I would say. If you don't speak up, unfortunately, oftentimes it goes down an even darker hole. That's why I really want to encourage you to speak up. I would say go out of your way to educate yourself before you say certain things, before you say, oh, bullying is this, when in reality you're talking about teasing. Oh, bullying is this, but when in reality you're just completely wrong about the definition. We have the internet. Why don't we use it for some good? Yeah. Look at the different videos about anti-bullying. Go on my social media. I'm always posting video like every day about me going to these workshops or even my live streams or just, but I mainly focus on posting my workshops to show students in my interaction with students because students are telling me what they're thinking, coming up with different ways, really getting their creative juices flowing to, and seeing how they would help another person going through bullying. Go on the internet, look this up, and that you'll be able to find your answers there as well. Reach out to other activists, reach out to other entrepreneurs who are in this, Realm or in this niche of anti bullying and speaking up and learn from them. There's been countless stories, countless people who have reached out to me more so actually towards the beginning of my journey. Now that I'm speaking up a lot more, speaking with like workshops, they just tell me directly then and there or then and after my workshops when I'm physically in person. There's been countless amounts of stories where not only the student themselves, but also their parent or a teacher has reached out to me and they told me that they've gone through bullying or they tell me, Devin. You know what? Your work is really empowering. Because even when I was focused more on my Race to Speak Up podcast, teachers have literally taken time out of their class day to watch the episodes with their kids. There's actually, there was a couple of stories I always work here
0: And I've just got one final question. What would your sort of top three tips be for maybe parents that are dealing with either cyberbullying or
1: in-person bullying? Is there anything that they can do? Yeah, there's a couple of things I'd like to leave you guys off of. Let your child know that if they're the one that's the target of bullying, let them know it's not their fault. Make sure that they understand that they, or let them know, continuously reinforce that they are a beautiful and unique individual, that whatever they're being bullied for, that's a beautiful part of them because they're a human being. Also, make sure that you're going out of your way to get education on this. If you're a parent of a child who could be potentially go through something very negative, go through bullying in the future simply because they're a person of color or their sexuality or their religion or whatever the case is. Make sure that you're getting that knowledge, correct knowledge, and then you're going for it and you're educating your child. I hate how this has to even be a thing, but really alert your child of what they could see, what they could possibly go through. So that, unfortunately, because you might have to, but be prepared for what they may go through before they even go through it. And let them know what they can do once they do go through it, or if they go through it, or if their friend is going through it. Because that way, you being a role model, you educating them, that'll lead into your child being a role model and being an upstander for themselves. And that was actually a lot of things. But one more quick thing (laughs) is one more quick thing is also really step back and take a look at yourself as a parent, as an adult. See what you're saying and see how that could be heard. With child's perspective. So if you're saying, oh, I hate how this person does this, I hate how this person does, but it's just simply the person being, this. like, I hate how this person's skin color is dark. I hate how this person acts feminine. I hate how this person acts this way. Take a couple steps back and make sure that you're saying things that really can't be misinterpreted or really seen too negatively or really negatively at all. It shouldn't be seen. It shouldn't be a negative thing. You shouldn't be reinforcing the hateful mentality take a couple steps back, really dissect what you're saying. And then you might have to retrain your mind a bit so that you're not continuing to enforce this negative mentality onto others. Yeah. So do a little bit of self-reflection too.
0: Yeah,
1: I think that's perfect advice. That's brilliant. Yeah, I think
0: parents do need to sometimes, like you say, take a step back and be a little bit accountable sometimes for their own kind of things that they're saying to their children or certainly in front of their children, even if it's not. Directly, children have got ears like bats and will pick up on things. It's been amazing to speak to you, Devin. It's such an important message. Do you want to just give your social media links and your website again just so no everyone can come and follow you
1: and get some more information from you should they need to? Yeah, of course. So the guys that the way that you guys can reach out to me, look at what I'm doing, look at what race to speak up is doing, contact me, learn about race to speak up against bullying workshops. Devin Speaks Up book readings and also get your own copy of Devin Speaks Up is through my website, racetospeakup.com, R A C E T O S P E A K U P.com. And then also, all my social media is just at Race to Speak Up, Instagram, Facebook, like all the social media platforms. I'm even on LinkedIn, Race to Speak Up. The organization itself has its own platform on that as well. Then also, we have author Devin Moore, which is just everything about my book, basically. That's also on the same platform. So you'll be able to find that. Reach out to me. Also, I have my own personal LinkedIn, which is just Devin Moore. And then look up race to speak up afterwards and you'll see the space. And uh, yeah, those are the best ways that you can contact me. But definitely the best and fastest way to contact me is just through my website. And then you can bring my workshops and book readings to your community. Amazing.
0: I did actually just want to ask just one quick question. Going to the bringing the workshops because I'm UK based. So For podcast listeners that maybe aren't in your sort of area, is there something you're looking to do to maybe branch out into other countries and things like that, doing workshops? Or are there resources available that they can do to host
1: their own Race to Speak Up workshops? We have both in-person and virtual workshops as well. (laughs) But I love in-person is mainly the easiest and best way for me to even teach because if it's virtual, people's attention span harder (laughs) in that way. I do have virtual as well. So it's virtual and it's in person. And I've traveled multiple times over the course of the last five years of me working where organizations as well as schools, but mainly organizations have brought me to their community. So budget wise, if you're able to have that, just reach out to me and then I'll be able to, we'll be able to figure out the logistics, but I'll be able to fly to you, travel to you, and we can go from there. But it depends on your organization, your company, and your like how that works so just a matter of sending a call phone call and we go over the logistics and then we move forward from there fantastic
0: that's amazing and it's been such a pleasure to talk to you devon i'm so impressed with you you've done such a lot at such a young age it's amazing seeing young people doing something so positive and uh, turning something so negative into something so positive it's brilliant so yeah thumbs up to you well done so that was it for today's episode of balancing business and babies i hope you've enjoyed the episode I will obviously drop Devon's links in all of the show notes for you and obviously get in touch with Devon if you need any more advice on any of the issues that we've covered today. So thank you so much again, Devon, for joining. And it's been amazing and look forward to speaking to you all next week.